Welcome to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Natural MD Radio. This is Dr. Aviva Ram, and it's a pleasure to be here with you again. Food as medicine is a term that you may have heard me use before. You may have read it, and you may be thinking, well, what does that really mean? Today, we're going to explore the relationship between food and detoxification. So it will become really clear to you in what is now the third of our series on what does detoxification mean? Why is it important? And how do we do it naturally? So today, we're going to talk exactly about the relationship between food and this series. Before we jump into that, I've got some favors to ask you. And I so appreciate you listening to this radio show. And it means the world to me when I know that it's making a difference for you. And so I have three big favors to ask that can help make a difference for other women as well. And these are subscribe, rate and review and tell a friend. These things are so important for this show. First, subscribing helps the show elevate in the rankings and that brings it to the attention of more women like you who are seeking information that will let them be the CEO of their health. Your support has kept the show displayed, for example, in What's Hot in Alternative Medicine since the very beginning of the show in January of 2017. Leaving a review also helps the show. There are so many podcasts out there now, and women are looking for the best ones. Your ratings and your reviews help a lot because women say, hey, this person liked it. She said something really positive that I relate to, so I'm going to give it a try also. Additionally, most podcasts are produced by big companies or with a lot of venture capital behind them. And then there's me. I don't take any money from anyone to bring this show to you, not even any advertising behind the scenes that you don't know about. I actually pay for it out of pocket because it's really important to me to get this information to you. So your reviews and word of mouth shares are the advertising for this podcast. Which brings me to the third ask, please tell your friends about Natural MD Radio. Since they're your friends, I guess a lot of them would be interested in these topics that I'm covering as well. If they're not too app or podcast savvy, you can tell them how to subscribe. It's really easy. Simply take them to avivaram.com forward slash podcast. That's avivaram.com forward slash podcast. On that page, you'll find buttons for iTunes and for SoundCloud, both places you can go and listen to the show. There are also other options. For example, I'm excited to say that my show is now featured in Spotify, and it's also on Stitcher and iHeartRadio. All you have to do or tell your friend to do is put Natural MD Radio into a web search, and you or they will find all the places where it shows up and can pick and choose where to listen and subscribe. So if you enjoy this show, make sure you subscribe, rate and review, and tell a friend. I so appreciate it. Okay, now for today's episode and food as medicine. Before you jump any further into listening, you are going to possibly want to have in front of you a graphic that I've put up on my website 
on the page for this podcast. So to find that, you simply go to avivaram.com forward slash 91, because this is the 91st episode. So avivaram.com forward slash 91. And you're going to see a picture there of a liver. And that liver is divided into parts. There's first half of the liver and the second half of the liver. And those are phase one and phase two. And I talked about those with you in episode 90. So you can totally listen to this episode today without listening to episode 91st. But if you're interested in how detoxification works, then episode 90 is a great one for you to listen to. You can either go there now and listen or listen later or when you have some time. But it kind of explains the science behind these concepts of phase one and phase two. But what you're also going to see on that picture that will really help you with today, and of course, you don't have to look while you're listening, but it will give you a good visual. And if you're a visual person like me, it really helps, is where along the different phases of liver detoxification, including that part where you make those more toxic intermediate metabolites, these different nutrients that I'm going to talk about today come into play. So this is where food as medicine really comes into play. It's easy to think that we need all kinds of supplements and fancy detoxes, but what I shared with you in the beginning of this series on detoxification is that there's so much we can do to support our body's natural processes. And what this image shows is exactly that. Food as medicine is not some random abstract concept. What it means literally is that when we eat foods, we are ingesting nutrients that interact with our bodies in ways that turn on and turn off certain genetic processes that we need on or off, that trigger cellular and enzymatic changes that make things happen in the body. And as you can see from the chart that is on the podcast page, when you get to that, it is very clear. We know exactly which nutrients interact with which parts of the detoxification cycle. So let's back up and talk about why this is so important. Well, first of all, we are living as people in the United States in something called a phytonutrient gap. Phytonutrient means nutrients that come from plants. Phyto, P-H-Y-T-O, is Latin for plant. So these nutrients that come from plants are critically important for the health of our detoxification processes. And as human beings, we evolved on the planet with access to plants and other sources of food that were very nutrient dense. They had a lot of nutrients for the amount of food that we were eating. So for example, our ancestors thrived and lived on foraged wild berries, wild seeds, wild greens, roots, tubers, and plants that had all these different phytonutrients. And phytonutrients include the things that we think about like vitamins and minerals, but they also include a whole bunch of other chemicals, also called phytochemicals, that have big, long, complicated names like proanthocyanidins and all different forms of flavonoids that have these very significant interactions with our body that trigger very important detoxification processes. 
Now, there are a few things going on in modern life. One of the most important being this phytonutrient and phytochemical gap. From studies that have been done in the United States, large-scale population studies where people are interviewed around the country, and we're talking about thousands of people, the Centers for Disease Control, which does something called the NHANES study every few years, has found in their most recent study that most of us are not getting the daily recommended amount of fruits and vegetables that we need. In fact, most people in every single state are getting only 14 to 16% of their daily recommendation of fruits and vegetables. And on top of that, the CDC and the FDA recommend as the daily recommended amount are the bare minimum that we need for health. This is not even the optimum amount. This is like what you get in your food so you don't get diseases like scurvy, you know, the things that people used to get when they were vitamin C deficient, like sailors. That's why sailors are called limeys. In fact, this is really funny. I was telling my grandson recently about limeys and what that meant and why it was called that because they were talking about pirates. And so my grandson, who's four, the next day I said, do you remember what it was called when people didn't get enough fruits and vegetables on the ship? He said, yeah, they were called limoneers because he was thinking buccaneers. But sailors used to be called limeys because they would travel across the seas, you know, back in the explorer days and even into the 1800s. And they would end up with scurvy, which is a pretty severe disease. You get sores on your body. You get severe bruising because vitamin C is important for the integrity of the blood vessels. You get cracks on your mouth, sores in your mouth. You can lose your teeth. Bleeding gums can be a sign of it. And so initially, actually, I can't remember which came first. If they learned to use limes, sailors would get a lime a day. But uh, one of the original lores around how sailors learned to prevent scurvy was coming to the shores of the North American continent, certainly before it was called North America or the United States or anything like that, that was appropriated and named and colonized. But native people here on the shores taught sailors how to make tea out of pine needles because pine needles are very high in vitamin C. So kind of a cool aside. But most of us are living with this phytonutrient gap. And where we get most of these is fruits and vegetables. We also get fiber from our plant food, which is important as you're gonna learn for supporting detoxification. And we also get some of these nutrients like our B-complex from whole grains, for example. So the fact that we're not getting these nutrients is really significant because these nutrients are critically needed, as you can see from the picture in the chart. Things like vitamin C, B-complex, magnesium, and much more from these fruits and vegetables. Additionally, compounds like sulfur that come from things like onions and garlic or quercetin, which comes from things like apples, are all very, very important for detoxification. Now, the other thing is that we're mostly not eating plants that are wild foraged. And most of the plants that were wild foraged by our ancestors were even more concentrated in both nutrition and also these other kinds of phytochemicals that help with detoxification. So even when we do eat good quality fruits and vegetables, we know that they don't quite pack the punch that our ancestors' diet carried. And there are a number of very well-done studies, both from the United States and from the United Kingdom, that show that 
commercially produced fruits and vegetables compared to organic fruits and vegetables have also fewer nutrients. So most people are eating non-organic fruits and vegetables. They're not getting enough a day and end up being nutrient deficient. And so what I shared with you earlier in this series is that we're experiencing two problems in our modern lives. We're being overloaded with chemicals that we're being exposed to in the environment, and we're being under-supported in our body's natural detoxification processes. So what I'm going to share with you today are what those specific nutrients are, how we can get them from foods, and also when we might want to think about adding in some supplementation, specifically nutrient supplements. In the next episode, which will be the final episode in this specific series, I will be sharing with you the botanicals, the herbal medicines that also support detoxification because they are rich in those phytochemicals that I talked about, the things with the fantastic names like proanthocyanidin. So I want to start out by talking about just some what I call detoxification power foods. And these are foods that I think are so important to include in our everyday life because they are so rich in some of the compounds that do help us detoxify. And you can find all this information in a written article as well. So you don't have to have all of this memorized. As usual, I will try to have many of the podcasts in a written form so that at least the highlighted points are things that you can go back and refer to. So again, you'll always find that on the podcast page over on my website. And for this, it is avivaram.com forward slash 91. So the detoxification power foods that I believe would be really helpful to include in our daily diets include berries, particularly raspberries, strawberries, and blueberries. Now, some of these are some of the most highly pesticided products. So what I recommend is when they are fresh and in season, they are worth getting organic in your diet. And then when they're not in season and they become even more expensive, buy them frozen because frozen foods retain most of the quality and nutrients of fresh foods. So buy organic raspberries, organic strawberries, organic blueberries that are frozen and include them in things like a smoothie, for example. These have been found to be some of our most rich food sources of phytochemicals. And any of the fruits that have that dark purpley blue or dark red tend to be very rich in some of these chemicals that have been found to fight bacteria, to prevent cancer, and to have anti-inflammatory activities. How much to eat? About a cup a day of fresh berries or frozen berries. Frozen are a little more concentrated, so maybe half to three quarters of a cup. And even in my practice, when I have diabetics who very much need a lot of these chemical compounds to help prevent and reverse inflammation, I still include them. We just want to calculate that for a sugar source in their diet. Now, in addition to the berries, purple grapes, pomegranate, and walnuts are especially rich sources of something called elagic acid. Elagic acid increases phase two detoxification. So it's helping your body package and eliminate those breakdown products of the environmental and also hormonal breakdown products that we produce in our own bodies. In addition, 
Ellagic acid is specifically protective of the cells of the liver. Now, one of the most important food groups that we can get in our daily diet are what are called the brassicaceae vegetables. Sometimes people call these the cruciferous vegetables because that's an old name for this family of vegetables. And this includes broccoli, cabbage, kale, collards, Brussels sprouts, and any of your, like your Napa cabbage, bok choy, those all are rich in it, collard greens. These contain something called glucosinolates and isothiocyanates. And what these do is they help to protect our body's cells against chemical damage and also help in the elimination process in the liver and are particularly important in helping us to break down and conjugate, so package the products of both the estrogenic compounds that we're getting from the environment and also our own estrogens. So they help protect against xenobiotics or endocrine disruptors. So super, super important. And getting a couple of cups of green vegetables into your diet every day is super important. I usually recommend roasting, steaming, sauteing, or using in salads, but you can also use green juice. If you have a thyroid problem, it's very hard to get too much cooked greens in your diet, not enough to contribute to a thyroid problem. Where you wanna get a little bit more cautious is making green juice, kale juice, or really you know, chowing down on kale salad a few times a week. So even there, you're probably not going to cause your thyroid harm if you have a healthy thyroid. And even if you have hypothyroidism, it's probably okay. But what I usually recommend is cooked green vegetables every single day, a couple of cups at least. And then if you love green juice and you have a thyroid problem, keep it to once every couple of weeks, a kale salad once every couple of weeks. But so, so important. Probably one of the most important things I do in my medical practice is get my patients eating greens as a daily habit. And there's so many wonderful recipes. You can find recipes on my website. If you are struggling with a thyroid or adrenal problem, fatigue, challenge losing weight, recurrent fatigue, or other symptoms that you think might be related to adrenal or thyroid, or just generally want to improve your health, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution is my book that covers that and also has a lot of recipes for incorporating greens into your lifestyle. And when you get a copy of the book, you also get an additional cookbook that I wrote that is available. So you can find out about all of that on my website over at avivaram.com forward slash book. Uh, but that's just one way to get more recipes. There's so many good recipes online. You can Google kale. I made this incredible roasted kale the other night. I simply washed my kale, chopped it up, put it on a baking tray, drizzled a little olive oil, sprinkled a little sea salt, a little garlic powder, and tossed that up, put it in the oven, and I baked it on 400 for about 10 minutes and just till it got soft and oh my gosh, it was delicious. And there are lots of recipes for that online. Now, one of the plants I mentioned earlier 
are onions and garlic. Those are very rich in sulfur compounds. Now, there are an occasional small number of people that just don't tolerate sulfur compounds. So if you don't eat onions and garlic, you can get some of this through your green vegetables as well, especially those leafy greens that I mentioned. But if you tolerate onions and garlic, having those raw and cooked in your diet is really incredible. Now, another power food, if you will, are flax seeds. And you can also use psyllium seeds and chia seeds, but these are an incredibly important source of not only fiber, but something called lignans and also something called phytoestrogens. There's that term again, phyto, but these are estrogenic compounds that come from plants. Now, some of you may heard, oh, you know, you can't eat soy because it's got phytoestrogens or it's estrogenic. Well, they do have phytoestrogens, but the estrogens that we find, not just in soy, but in all our beans and legumes, and also in many of our green vegetables, and also in flaxseed, actually act as protectors against the more potent and more toxic forms of estrogens that we're picking up from our environment. So they actually act as protectors against estrogen-related overload and even estrogen-related cancer. Now, if you have a history of estrogen-related cancer like breast or endometrial cancer, certainly talk with your medical practitioner before adding in things to your diet that are rich in these. But for most women, having flax seeds, even just two tablespoons of ground up flax seeds in your diet a few times a week, and you can absolutely do this every day, adds a great source of fiber, but also these other phytochemicals that inhibit the effects of endocrine disrupting chemicals. Now, one of the things that so many of us forget about in using food as medicine is that we have a whole wealth of culinary herbs, herbs that we can use as seasonings, flavorings, and spices that have long been used historically since time immemorial, not just for their flavors, but because they protect our food against bacteria that could harm us. They act as preservatives, but they also contain many of the compounds like phenols and flavonoids and sulfur compounds, amongst others, that naturally support detoxification. And these have historically, from time immemorial, been part of our foods. But in modern times, we tend to neglect those, leaning more heavily primarily on salt and pepper. And of course, MSG in the modern American and diet and in many places for flavoring. But things like garlic, rosemary, turmeric, ginger, thyme, oregano, fennel, dill, cinnamon, cardamom, just to name a few. One, they increase metabolism. In fact, people who include these in their diet, even just a teaspoon a day, fresh or dried, of a total amount of spices and seasonings, actually tend to have better metabolism and healthier weight. But they also support our natural detoxification processes. So Consider actually having a wonderful spice drawer or spice cabinet in your house and start with a half dozen spices. You can pick some of the ones that I've mentioned. I'll give you a list of those herbs and spices below the podcast on my website. Start to play with them. And there's some wonderful ways that you can incorporate these herbs and spices also into learning new ways of cooking from different cultures. So Indian cooking often uses things like turmeric and curries and 
cardamom and cinnamon, whereas Mexican food often uses things like oregano and basil and thyme. And of course, Italian food uses some of those same in different combinations and ways. So get playing with your herbs and spices as just part of your using food as medicine. Now, one of the things that I do in my practice when a woman comes in and has medical symptoms that seem like they might relate to detoxification overload or under-supported detoxification. And I talk about this in some of the previous episodes relating to detoxification, so I won't repeat that now. The first thing I always do is reduce all of her environmental exposures, like we've talked about, body products, household products, and going organic as much as possible with food products. But then the second thing I do is I optimize her dietary support for detoxification. And I do that often for several weeks before I start to introduce more strategic plans just that are focused on detoxification. So often before I even include very many supplements, I will work for a few weeks on making sure that she's getting an ample amount of fruits and vegetables in her diet every day, making sure that her elimination is good. We'll talk about that in just a second. And so when I talk about including food as medicine as part of a plan, This is something that I do in my medical practice. It's very important and it can make a huge difference in how someone feels. So just for example, let's talk about some of the nutrients that support phase one detoxification. And you'll see these on that picture I told you was on the page with the podcast. But some of the big ones are riboflavin, which is vitamin B2, niacin, which is vitamin B3, pyridoxine, which is B6, folic acid, which is B9, and then vitamin B12. Also something called glutathione, which our body naturally produces to detoxify, branched chain amino acids, flavonoids, phospholipids, carotenes like vitamin A, ascorbic acid, which is vitamin E, vitamin C, vitamin E, selenium, copper, zinc, manganese, CoQ10, something called thiols, flavonoids, which I mentioned, and something called pycnogenol. So those are a lot of different names, but I want to just give you some examples. And I've got charts for you that you can download under the podcast that actually have these nutrients on them. So you can print them out and look at them and say, huh, am I getting these in my daily diet? You can even take these to the grocery store and we don't want to reduce it down to the nutrients. What I want to do is have you think about a wide variety of fruits vegetables, good quality protein sources, fat sources, nuts and seeds, ideally some legumes and grains in your diet. And if we eat this way, whole foods every day, I don't mean whole foods the store, I mean eating foods as close to whole and natural as we can, as at least 95% of our diet, you will actually get the nutrients that you need that naturally support detoxification. So I'll just give you an example of some of these nutrients, but again, you'll find these charts over on the podcast page. So for example, riboflavin, vitamin B2, which is also critical for preventing migraine headaches, is found in spinach, soybeans, eggs, asparagus, almonds, turkey, and certain mushrooms. Vitamin B3 is found in tuna, 
chicken, turkey, salmon, lamb, beef, sardines, and brown rice. Folic acid is found in all of our leafy green vegetables and also in a lot of our beans like lentils, pinto beans, garbanzo beans, and navy beans. Vitamin B12 is found in sardines, salmon, tuna, other forms of fish. If you're avoiding tuna, which I do because of mercury, it's also found in several other forms of fish. And if you're vegetarian, you can get it in dairy products. If you're vegan, you can get some in nutritional yeast, but that would be a time you need to supplement. Glutathione, we get it from whey protein and dairy products, but we also can get it from asparagus, curcumin from turmeric, broccoli, avocados, spinach, garlic, citrus. Another example is I mentioned pycnogenol. That's found in grapes. It's found in blueberries and cherries and plums. I mentioned selenium. That's found in nuts, Brazil nuts, tuna, sardines, salmon, turkey, chicken, beef, and other sources. So you can really get your nutrients from your food. It does take a commitment to eating well. If you are skipping a lot of meals, if you know you're just not getting six to eight servings of a combination of fruits and vegetables a day, then it's important to really look at why. I, you know, I was teaching recently and I had a woman in my audience who was a surgeon and she said, there's no way I can eat healthy and incorporate that many fruits and vegetables into my diet because she said, I work every day from seven in the morning until nine o'clock at night. I said to her, you know, I get it. I work hard too. I've, you know, been a medical resident. I've been a midwife. I've worked in hospital. I've worked night shifts. But at some point in our lives, we owe it to ourselves to say, look, if I can't eat well, if I don't have time for sleep and I don't have time for exercise or even any one of those three things, something's really out of balance. And our culture thrives on us being exhausted and using stimulant foods like caffeine. Our culture thrives on us being sick and having to go to the doctor and participating in the need for pharmaceuticals. These things make our culture economically wealthy, but they make us as individuals health poor. And at some point, I really feel like we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to our families, we owe it to our world to say, you know what, my health is actually a precious resource. And if I'm working 14 hours a day with no time to eat, that's not right. And even to this woman, you know, I said to her, it's really important to look at why are you doing this? And, you know, what are the internal barriers that we have that tell us we don't deserve to eat? I mean, think about that. That's the story a lot of us tell ourselves. There's not enough time to eat well. And there is time to eat well. And we'll have other episodes of Natural MD Radio talking about things like how to make food preparation more manageable. Something I certainly did as a mom with four kids at home, homeschooling and being a midwife. So I know it takes work, but oh my gosh, so important for your health and it's just so worth it. So those are some of the things that support phase one detoxification, that first part where we're taking environmental chemicals and byproducts of our own internal food and hormone metabolism and breaking them down. Then we need a lot of nutrients that support that intermediate phase where we're breaking down toxins and they are in a slightly higher toxicity 
phase for a very short time until phase two kicks in. The kinds of things that we need in that intermediate phase are a lot of things that historically have been called antioxidants. Now, that's not an accurate scientific term anymore. We know that that's not exactly what they should be called, but we don't fully have a name for them. So we typically call them phytochemicals. Sometimes we call them flavonoids, but there are more chemicals than just flavonoids. But this includes things like vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, selenium, copper, zinc, the thiols that I mentioned that come from garlic and onions and your leafy green brassicaceae vegetables. They come from things called bioflavonoids that come from most of your fruits and vegetables, but are especially high in things like that pithy white part around oranges and grapefruits, for example, but also very rich sources in berries and herbs and spices and the pycnogenol that I mentioned earlier. So a lot of the nutrients that I've already mentioned for phase one carry over and help protect us against those breakdown products that are formed in that intermediate phase. Then we get to phase two, and that's the part where your body then takes these breakdown products and packages them in a way that they then become water-soluble, and you can either pee them out or poop them out. And those are those reactions that I talked about, sulfation, glucuronidation, glutathione conjugation, acetylation, amino acid conjugation, and methylation. And the funny thing is, you might be thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know any of those words. But the thing is, your body knows the processes, and that's what's important. All we really need to know is, how do we support those? And again, it returns to food as medicine. So the nutrients that we largely need are things like glycine, taurine, glutamine, N-acetylcysteine, cysteine, methionine, and we need sulfur compounds. We need things that help in methylation. Where do we get these? Again, from our diet. Now, if you're a meat eater, it's actually pretty easy because some of these are amino acids and we get them from beef, chicken, fish, eggs, and lamb. If you're vegetarian, some of these you can also get from eggs, nuts, seeds, and legumes. But it does get a little bit harder sometimes with detoxification. Now, the advantage for vegans and vegetarians is that when we're eating that way, we tend to get a lot of fruits and vegetables and a lot of legumes and a lot of grain. And so we're often actually getting a much higher amount of these plant chemicals and plant nutrients in our diets naturally. Whereas meat eaters who are largely relying on meat and fats in their diet may skimp on some of these other things or not get them at all, maybe a little bit more at a disadvantage. So you have to really make sure if you're paleo or just a meat eater that you're still getting those eight to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables in your diet on a daily basis and also fats and ideally some legumes and some grains. I'm not going to talk about the whole lectin problem that Steve Gundry talks about. I think that that's much less scientifically based than is promoted in that book and by you know copycats of that information. For some people, there may be a kernel of truth that they do better without grains and legumes and beans in their diet, but most people really benefit from them. And that has widely borne out in the scientific and medical literature. So we want to think about making sure to get these nutrients abundantly in our diet. 
But sometimes people do come into my practice and they do have medical challenges, whether it's significant hormonal imbalances, medical conditions like PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, or endometriosis, where hormones play a big contributing role, particularly with endometriosis, for example, it's estrogen-dependent. Uterine fibroids are estrogen-dependent. Breast cysts and certain breast lumps and monthly breast tenderness also is usually due to excess estrogen and other medical conditions like chronic fatigue syndrome and autoimmune diseases where detoxification support may be needed even above and beyond what my patients can get just from foods. In that case, what I do also additionally use are certain supplements that support and enhance what we're getting from food. They're the exact same things that we get in our foods, but in concentrated amounts. So sometimes I add in branch chain amino acids. You can get these in capsules or in powders, and the powders can be added to water or to a smoothie, for example, or shake or a green juice. And the branch chain amino acids help to bind and transport toxins out of the body. I mentioned glutathione quite a number of times. Glutathione is critical for detoxification and the body makes quite a lot of it if we have the nutrients we need to make it. But we also use a lot of it up in just keeping up with the amount of daily detoxification that we need to do. Also, if you have chronic pain and you're taking Tylenol on a regular basis, Tylenol also burns through a lot of your body's glutathione. Now, taking glutathione directly doesn't really absorb that well. So I use in my practice something called N-acetylcysteine, and that's the body's precursor to glutathione. The body absorbs it well and can use it to then make glutathione. I also include calcium D-glucarate, which comes from plant sources. And that is very, very helpful when there is estrogen excess or estrogen dominance. I use methylfolate to help get that folic acid as well as B-complex. As you heard me say, B vitamins are very important. And if you've peeked at that liver diagram, you see how important those are in phase one of the detoxification process. And then you can actually supplement with bioflavonoids and plant supplements that are labeled as having a lot of antioxidants in them. So you can get wonderful products that are concentrated green powders. You can get wonderful products that are concentrated reds and blues, meaning they've taken a lot of those red berries and blueberries and other vegetable sources as well, not just fruits, and concentrated those into powders. And then you can add the powders to water or to a smoothie. And you can get these in capsules as well. You know, I like the idea of putting them in water or putting them in a smoothie just because it's a little bit closer to how our body would absorb them if we were taking them as food as opposed to having to break down the capsules. So what I'm going to do is on the page below the podcast, I'm going to give you some of the list of these that I've talked about. And if you're interested in them, I do talk about these much more at length In my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, I talk about them in various blogs that I have on my website. For example, in my blog on endometriosis, if that's something you're struggling with, I talk about how to use N-acetylcysteine. But there's a great deal of information out there. Now, for those of you who are interested in using supplements in your life, because 
this is something you want to enhance in addition to your food, I maintain an online website store. But I want to very quickly qualify this and say I do not make a penny off of one single purchase that you make there. The store is called Dharma Moms. And it is a link that I've created to an online supplement pharmacy called Full Scripts. It's the pharmacy that I use for my medical practice for supplements. So many women who read my work or listen to the podcasts email me or put in the comment section, can you tell me what supplements that you use? And so what I eventually did was create this online store and in it, you'll find the supplements that I have personally vetted and use in my family, might use some of them myself, recommend to my friends and use in my medical practice and for online courses. The way it's set up is that Dharma Moms is the name of the not-for-profit organization that we have in process for creating. Every single penny of the money that comes in from Dharma Moms goes to an organization that supports midwifery care for women in need in countries that have high maternal mortality rates and also is now going to fund some projects in the United States that train midwives and doulas who wouldn't otherwise afford to be able to get training to help women in their communities in need. So as of 2018, when we started it to now, when I'm recording this in October, we've made about $14,000 in charitable donations. And every single penny of that comes from your purchases. Now you might think, well, why would I want to do that? Well, here's the great thing is you get 20% off of every purchase that you make and you get it with supplements that I have vetted. So it's typically much more cost-effective than going into a health food store, which has a 200% markup on supplements from the wholesale price. You're actually getting 15% over wholesale. And all of that difference goes into Dharma Moms. And so you're doing a good deed and you're getting your supplements. So I just wanted to say that again, I cannot emphasize I don't make a penny off of it. So this is me, again, just trying to provide that information that gives you good access to answer the questions you ask, which are, Dr. Ram, what supplements do you recommend and do you use? And I never want you to feel like there's a conflict of interest in the information that I'm providing so that you know that I'm not selling those supplements. So that is one way to access that. And I will post the link to that on my page, on my website, avivaram.com forward slash 91 under the resources that come with this podcast. So I hope the really big takeaway message from all of this information that I've shared with you today is that we don't need fancy or expensive supplement programs or fancy detoxification programs to support our body's natural detox processes. What we need are really healthy diets, abundant in a wide variety of plant-based foods, good quality protein sources, some vegetarian and vegan sources, whether or not you're a meat eater, and then possibly from meats, if you are a meat eater, and nuts and seeds, whole grains, etc. That eating a whole 
foods, largely plant-based, but good quality diet, largely organic, can give your body what your body needs. And at the same time, we live in strange and wonderful times in which so many of us are on the go and not always getting all the nutrients that we need. So sometimes supporting our diet, that's the true meaning of the word supplement. It's not a substitute. It is a supplement to our diets in the form of a multivitamin, which often has many of these nutrients in it, and then perhaps some of the specific nutrients that I mentioned above and beyond, if you do have a detoxification challenge or think you might have a detoxification challenge, can go that extra way to really enhancing and supporting your health. I hope that the resources that I've provided for you under this episode over on my website, including the charts with phase one and phase two detoxification, the liver detoxification chart. There is going to be a little opt-in that you can get one of my favorite green juices that you can use. And that has like three servings of your daily fruits and vegetables right in it. Super healthy. And then the link to the Dharma Moms supplement store if you want to use that. And you can share that with anyone you want to. And you can even go in there and just look and see what I use and then purchase it somewhere else. There's absolutely zero obligation for creating an account there. It's just an information resource for you. So in our next and final episode, on detoxification and how to support your body's natural detoxification. I'm going to talk about some of the herbs that I use in my practice. So I will see you next time on Natural MD Radio. Remember, subscribe, share, and if you feel inspired, rate and review, and I'll see you next time. Thank you as always for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.